Hey everyone, welcome back to Dom and Jimbo's Album Swap number 88. This episode we've got three albums we're going to talk about, starting with one from Daniel over here. How are you doing today? I'm not too bad, how about you? I'm pretty good, and uh, the other is obviously from my father and me. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, how about you? Pretty good, and um, yeah, the first album we're going to talk about was one from my brother that he recommended as he does around every other episode. Um, it's the it's the second full-length studio album by Kendrick Lamar, um, Good Kid, Mad City. So why don't you talk about uh, your history, I guess, with this album and what yeah. inspired you to uh, I, recommend it. I would say this is one of the first albums I really started listening to. Um certainly one of the first like rap albums I started you know listening to that sort of built my uh, my I guess affection for rap music um, yeah uh, I was gonna say this is the this is like one of the if not the best rap albums hip-hop albums of the past decade but I'm this came out like I, I think, like, exactly a decade ago. So I don't know if that counts as the last decade. Um, yeah, just about. I'd say it's I'd say it's the be- it's one of, if not the best rap albums of the 2010s, certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it's just... I think this is a, a near-perfect album. I don't think there are many misses on it. I'd, I'd say it's Kendrick's best. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a lot of people would say to pimp a butterfly or if you're wrong you would say damn uh but yeah to me this is just uh kendrick's best album that he's turned out so far Does that mean you don't like damn i don't i don't really not like damn but i, I think it's one of his weaker ones okay. um i don't think i dislike any kendrick lamar album i've heard so far um yeah uh I think Damn is the one I like the least out of the ones I've heard. How many albums has he put out? He's put out, um, five. He's put out five albums, and he's put out, uh, he put out, like, a mixtape, and there's, like, a, some other stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, just... In terms of whole studio albums, there's five. Just off the top of my head, I can name Damn, uh, Good Kid, Mad City, uh... The one I just Pimp a Butterfly. About. Pimp a Butterfly. And I not really I don't really remember the last two. Uh well the was... first one he came out with was Section eighty. Yeah. And then the newest one is uh Yeah, there's Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Yeah. Mm. Um Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard Section eighty. But um Yeah, I I'd say out of the ones I've heard, this is probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think there are a lot of good, there's, there's so much good stuff on this album, uh, and, you know, Kendrick's rapping, I think, is the strongest on this. He's always been a very strong rapper. I think whoever mixes the beats for his songs... I'm is, pretty sure he does most of the producing on yeah, his well, albums. If he does, he's very talented at that, too. But he's a very talented rapper as well. Um, I'm going to start with Dominic, because I think I know 
kind of his opinion on this. But yeah, we'll start with him. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a really great album. Uh, I would say, yeah, it's sort of... Oh, whoops. Alright, sorry. Um, yeah, I would say this is probably, like, tied. Or, like, my number one album from him. Maybe with, uh, To Pimp a Butterfly. It, it sort of rotates those two albums between the ones I like the most from him. Yeah. And, uh, Do you find them of, very different or similar? I think they're very, very different, different albums. Yeah. Uh, I feel like on this one, the To Pimp a Butterfly has a much, uh, jazzier sound than this one. This album comes off much more as, like, a st- straightforward, uh, rap album. Mm-hmm. But the, even even then, where where it comes off a bit more straightforward, it's still like not. Uh, there's a lot of songs that are sort of weird. Um, the intro track, Shireen, aka Master Splinter's daughter, is it kind of it's kind of one of my least favorite songs. Even then, it's not bad, but it is like this very dark, eerie, like storytelling song. Mm-hmm. Um, the stuff he's talking about isn't that dark exactly, but just like the whole tone of the song, um, yeah, sounds that way. Also, on the on that question, I think the themes of the album are very different because I think "To Pimp a Butterfly" is kind of about like the broader scale of like America and like what's going on, what or at least what was going on in the world at the time. And I think this album is very much more grounded in him. Like, he's sort of telling a story about himself as Kendrick Lamar on this album. Yeah. This album tells a much more, like, linear story than that one. Like, there's little um, skits or whatever you call them at the end of each song. Um, Almost told through, like, either voice messages, like, uh, from his mom and dad, or... I don't know. It sounds like voice recordings of like him and his friends doing like gang activities and stuff uh and yeah it sort of tells a story throughout the whole album which i think is really cool and it's sort of the way it's presented is like the beginning of charade it's like a it sounds like a cassette going into like a cassette player or whatever um and then at the end of real you hear it like come out and then go back in, in the song Compton, mm-hmm. uh, which is makes it kind of sound like it's separated from the rest of the album. But uh, yeah, I would say yeah, it's it's pretty close to a perfect album in my opinion. Um, the only songs I would say I don't think are as strong are uh, Shireen, like I said. Um, and I, th- I think this is an unpopular opinion because I, I feel like I've heard a lot of people really praise this song. And it's good. It's it's really good storytelling-wise. Um, but as a song, I've never really liked it as much as a lot of the other ones. But the, the song The Art of Peer Pressure, um, I find that song to be a little bit... Uh, it's, it's a little bit snoozy, in my opinion. It feels a little bit uh, of a slog. It's not. It's still not a bad song, again. But um, compared to some of the other songs on here, 
I would say it's not as great. Like, I really love Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe and Backseat Freestyle. And uh, Poetic Justice is sort of a weird song in the middle of the album. Because um, it's like a... It's a lot more sensual and there's a Drake verse on it. Um, but I don't mind that song. Money Trees is one of my favorite Kendrick songs. And um, probably my favorite song on the album. That and... Uh, Sing About Me, I'm Dying of Thirst, and Mad City. Those three songs are, like, some of the best songs in Kendrick's discography. Um, probably, like, in the top... In, like, the top five songs he's ever made. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's... I don't know. I feel like the album kind of speaks for itself. I've heard this album so many times. Um, and, yeah, I... I think it's a really great album. I'd probably give it an, an A, just a straight up A. Uh -huh. Um, yeah. What do you think, Dad? I don't remember exactly how. I mean, I, I I think I had a pretty, a fairly positive review of *The Pimper Butterfly*. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think I was over the moon about it, but I think I was. I thought it was pretty decent. I think you gave it like a B. A B? Yeah. 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 That like would that. be a B B plus. I would think would be where I would land on the Pimper Butterfly. And I gotta say, I do not like this album anywhere near as much. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't, I, you know, I mean, tastes are tastes, and, you know, I know you guys are saying it's really great and everything. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, there was some good stuff on it, don't get me wrong. Like, I gotta say, my favorite songs were, actually, I think, Money Trees and Poetic Justice were my two favorite songs, mm -hmm. the two songs back to back. Mm -hmm. Drake is Drake, and, like, he was fine in his song. Yeah. But, like, I just think the song as a whole was really good. Money Trees, yeah, probably my favorite song on the album. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of liked Compton with Dre because, like, I, I think that just is my nostalgia. Yeah. yeah. You know, kicking in there. But I think it's a good song um, overall. Um, Bitch, Don't, Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe is probably, like, the closest to next decent song I think and I actually liked the uh, the remix too mm -hmm. I kind of like the remix better really? um, I don't know why but that doesn't have the the thing I don't like that was it kind of cuts out a lot of the outro part of the song mm. with like the strings and stuff yeah so yeah I don't really like probably that my least favorite um, because two of the first three songs I didn't I did not like a lot that Sherry the one you said Shireen aka Master Splinter's Daughter, um, Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe was okay, and then Backseat, Backseat Freestyle, I did not like that song, and I did not like The Art of Peer Pressure. So three of the first four songs I really didn't like, and that kind of got me started off not great. What did you think about um, Mad City? Mad City was one of the ones in the middle, like it was decent. Mm -hmm. um, I could see that, you know, it was a good, it was a decent song, I don't know, like I, uh, it, it was one of those ones that I was like meh about. Yeah. You know, I didn't dislike it. It didn't give me a bad vibe, but I... Like, those other ones I said, like Shireen and Backseat Freestyle and The Art of Peer Pressure, gave me like a bad... Like, I disliked them. Mm. <laughs> um, but I did like a lot. Like I said, Money Trees and Poetic Justice. Probably my two favorite songs. Money Trees probably number one. Mm -hmm. um, that was just a really good song. Yeah. Everything else was kind of like, 
you know, middle of the road. Like, I can listen to it, and I didn't hate it, uh-huh. but it was like, I, I don't know, I just, I didn't feel the same at all about this album as I did about uh, To Pimp a Butterfly. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's probably because of the, of the backing tracks. Mm. I think the backing tracks, like you were talking about, on um, To Pimp a Butterfly were very jazzy, very mm-hmm. kind of, not always smooth, I don't want to say smooth, but like, more pleasant. I don't know. Yeah. And I don't... It's funny to say that to yeah. me because I don't always like pleasant-sounding rap. You know? Like, I like some, like, I guess, hardcore or, like, you know... This one definitely has a lot more, like, synthetic sounds, like mm-hmm. trap-type beats and stuff. Yeah, um, maybe that's it. Like, I don't... I was not a fan of the the backgrounds of most of these songs. Yeah. Like, I wasn't a fan of, like, the... The, the, the drum beats in them a lot of times. Yeah. Um, and that's not coming from a purist standpoint. Like, I do like electronic drums. I just didn't particularly like these. I don't think it was greatly produced um, as far as backing tracks goes. Um, and maybe that's what he was looking for, and apparently this is a popular album and you guys like it, and so, I you know, I'm not... I'm not saying I'm right, <laughs> well, yeah. but it's, you know, right and wrong is not really in music too much. It's personal taste. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just, I didn't love this album. I'd probably give it a C, like a straight up C. Like I said, I didn't hate it. Um, well, there was a couple songs I, did, I disliked. But yeah. overall, yeah, it was kind of in the middle of the road to me. Uh, definite uh, C for me. That's fair. Um, all right, so... Well, I guess Daniel, the way we usually do it is Daniel will recommend the next one, which is your recommendation this week. Yeah, so, so uh, my dad this week recommended uh, an album from the band Aerosmith. Their 1987, I believe it was, return album? Yeah, this this was kind of their comeback album. They kind of split up. Um, they made a couple albums in between, but like Joe Perry left for a while, and brad whitford left for a while and they weren't like a complete band but then they all got back together i think they got off drugs um and they definitely um this was definitely like kind of a comeback album for them yeah uh it's the 1987 album permanent vacation Mm -hmm. uh why don't you give us a little bit of your history about this yeah like um I had heard old Aerosmith. Um, I kind of had like a best of Aerosmith, like original year stuff, and I liked it. They're very blue. They were much more bluesy back then. They were much more, you know, kind of just straight up classic rock. Um, you know, uh, Sweet Emotion. They had really big, like, they had some very big hits back in the day, um, and I think they were a great band. But I think they suffered from a lot of the same things a lot of rock bands suffered from, especially in the 70s and 80s, and that was alcohol, drug addiction, all that kind of stuff going on. Uh, fighting amongst the band. They called Steve Perry, I mean, they, they called Joe Perry and Steve Tyler the Toxic Twins because they were, like, bad for each other. Like, they just partied too much, which kind of became uh, the kind of goof nickname of Axl Rose and Slash for a while because they were very similar. Um... But anyway, like, this album was definitely their, their comeback album. It definitely had more um, radio pop-friendly al- uh, songs on it. Uh, Ragdoll, um, Angel, and what's the only two? And Dude Looks Like a Lady. 
um, all three of those were pretty big radio hits. And yeah. uh, they definitely got more um, radio-friendly, sober, um, but they still kind of rocked. Like, like I said, it was a little more poppy than they had done in the past, but it was still, I thought it was good, and I liked it. Um, and then they got the big, they also had, the, what, what kind of propelled them into this album was the hit that they had with uh, um, Run DMC, would Walk This Way. Um, they had uh, released that right before this, I believe. I, yeah, I actually thought that song was on this album, but it wasn't. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was on Run DMC's album. It wasn't on this album. Mm. Um, I thought what I actually thought was Aerosmith actually released that song without Run DMC on it, and then oh yeah, they from, did. Oh, I thought it was they, an old song. Oh, okay. It was I on one of their old albums. Yeah. This album. No, no, no. Uh, Walk this way was just an Aerosmith song. Mm-hmm. On an old album, I don't remember which one, but um, yeah, and then they just redid it with the rap, uh, in, you know, involved. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, and this was another one of those albums that I kind of had to put out there. I'm kind of I'm kind of hot and cold with Aerosmith. Like I like some of their stuff, some of their stuff I find a bit boring. Um, I could take or leave the personality of like Steven Tyler and even Joe Perry. Um, but I think I think they're a good, fun band a lot of times, and I think they're good. They put out some good music sometimes, <laughs> and I think this album was definitely uh, one of them. I think the album as a whole is pretty good, um, and this was one of those ones like I, I've said kind of about like uh, Appetite for Destruction, and uh, probably Metallica's first two or three albums. Like it was, this was one of those albums I put on and played drums to when I first started playing drums. Like, uh, Joey Kramer is the drummer, and he's an excellent drummer. And he, uh, you know, I, I started to learn a lot from this kind of music. So, so yeah, that was it. Um, let's see, we started with Dominic last time, so let's start with Daniel this time. What did you think about uh, Permanent Vacation? Uh, it was alright. I wasn't really a huge fan of it. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really a fan of Steven Tyler's voice, mm-hmm. if I'm honest. Um... He's just got kind of like a raspy sort of thing that I don't think fits with the kind of music that he's making. Mm. Uh, That's just a personal opinion. Uh, I really don't like the song Dude Looks Like a Lady. Um, I have, it's not just because of like the theme, um, but it's... Like how badly it's aged? Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't like it even when I was a kid. And, like, I didn't know anything about any of that back then, so... Yeah, I don't know how um, many times I heard that song when I was a kid. It doesn't sound very familiar to me. Yeah. When I listen to it. I'm just... Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. Um, if I had to pick a favorite song, it'd probably be the song Permanent Vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, either that or Ragdoll. I liked Ragdoll, too. Okay. Um, I wasn't a big fan of Girl Keeps Coming Apart. Yeah, that's um, a... That's just kind of a... Almost a throwaway song yeah. in my head. Um, Heart's Done Time is alright. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say it's one of the better songs. And the rest of them are just kind of like, meh. What do you think of Hangman Jury? That's one of my favorite songs on this album. Hangman Jury was good, yeah. yeah. I, I liked Hangman Jury. Very different, Jury. Um, I thought. And kind of cool, yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Um yeah. You said I. You said that was like a cover of like some blues song or something. Or I it think em, it is. It was emulating that. I think yeah, it's definitely emulating an old yeah. blues song, I an old blues style more than a song. I know. It may um, be. It may be a total ripoff. I don't know. I'd have to look back and see if that was actually a song first. 
Yeah, I was looking at the writing credits for this album. I didn't know when I listened to it the first time. I heard you say something about either that song was like emulating like. Oh no, it's by Lead Belly. Oh, okay, yeah. I don't remember looking, seeing anything in the writing credits for that song, but um, I, I, I in the song, the song "I'm Down" is apparently a Beatles song. Uh, oh yeah, covered, I forgot about that. Yeah, which I've never heard that Beatles song. I was gonna listen to it, but I forgot. They cover the Beatles a good amount. They yeah, in, they in did one come their, together. They did come together, and it did something else too. I don't know. I don't remember. I know Motley Crue famously did Helter Skelter. Yeah. Uh, one time, which. Well, actually, I'll let you uh, finish. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's um, it's all right. I'm just not a big fan of Steven Tyler's voice. I think the rest of the elements of the the band are pretty good. Uh, the guitarist is that I don't know who that is. Joe, Perry. Joe Perry. Yeah, mm-hmm. I kind of assumed Joe Perry was the guitarist, but I didn't know for sure. Uh, the drum, the drummer is very good. I don't remember what you said his name Joey was. Joey Kramer. Joey Kramer. Yeah. Um, just yeah, Steven Tyler feels like he I feel like he's always trying too hard. Also like he's always like trying to like even on Walk This Way, which is a song I really like, he's like he's like she told me she told me to walk this way, talk this way. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's, he's very animated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's very animated. Yeah, um, he's another singer like a lot of others I could probably rattle off that yeah, I, I, most people are kind of love or hate with him. There's like usually no in between. Yeah. Um, I happen to love his. I think he's got a great rock voice. I think you know whether you like it or not is is up to you. But um, yeah, I just I think he's got a great rock voice, and I think he's he's got a unique voice, which yeah. is hard to find. But again, I can see why people don't like it too. Yeah. Um, if I had to give it a, a grade, I'd probably give it like a C plus. Okay. Um. Not not bad, but not great. Okay. What do you think, Dominic? Um, yeah, I, I wasn't a huge fan of it either. I do think Steven Tyler is one of my... One of the hair metal, I guess. That, that's kind of what this fits mm. into, right? Like, I guess. It's sort like, of hard rock vocalists. They're that in I, that, like... Uh, I've ever heard. They're classic rock, but they were also around during the hair metal and kind of were similar... I feel so like they, a lot of the hair metal stuff was... Well, they sort of inspired a lot of the hair metal stuff, too. Yeah, I think if we take about three or four bands from the 70s, probably them, uh, Kiss, definitely. Um, I don't know. I can't think off the top of my head. But yeah, there was definitely a group of 70s bands that, you know, definitely inspired. I'd say, like, the Stooges, probably. Could be the Stooges, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, New York Dolls. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually reading about uh, the New York Dolls because um, they, they are seen as like a big inspiration mm-hmm. for uh, hair metal. Yeah. And actually, the song Dude Looks Like a Lady is apparently about uh, Vince Neil, I think his name was, who mm-hmm. was the lead singer for Motley Crue, because like, the Aerosmith guys were like at a bar with them, and I guess, I think Joe Perry saw him and thought he was a woman for a second and uh they all like made fun of him yeah which you know the whole the whole song just is weird and just seems mean-spirited to me um but i don't know i mean not to mention like i can't even kind of transphobic but well yeah 
It's been it's, used. I don't think it is necessarily in because it wasn't used. I don't think Vince Neil is a trans person, at least not uh, outwardly. Yeah, so. I don't think it was meant in that in that way at all. But yeah, I also think you know maybe you could have thought a little. You know, it has been used. It, it has like been used before. in those contexts yeah. since then. Yeah, unfortunately, and you know um, it's like. And I think one of the songwriters, uh, Joe Joe Perry, said like he it wasn't meant to be that way, mm. and apparently there was a gay man who uh, worked on writing some of this album, and I think worked on. Uh, writing that song and he said that he didn't find it offensive when he was reading it or, or writing it um Desmond so, Child? yeah him he was the so uh I think he was the producer of the album yeah I think I think it was the band was writing it and um he, no he didn't produce it I don't know he, w- I, he Desmond was Desmond Child had something to do with Aerosmith and Desmond Child had something to do with Bon Jovi too Mm-hmm. I don't know if he was a co-writer with both of those bands, or if he did some kind of producing. I don't know, but he had something. To, I remember his name attached to Bon Jovi a lot. Um, I didn't know he was attached to uh, uh, Aerosmith at all, but yeah. yeah. And I didn't know he was gay, but I, I don't know anything about him. If that's who that yeah, was, I think so. So yeah, he was. He was kind of like. I don't think it's offensive, so. I don't know. That's just that's just the stuff I read about it. Personally, I don't like the song even as a song, lyrically, any kind of way really. I mean, I get I get how it is maybe like catchy as like a radio single, but I don't know. I like the song Ragdoll, um, and I end the song Hangman Jury. I liked Angel too. Those are probably like my three favorite songs. Um, other than that. Uh, yeah, I, I also wasn't a huge fan of Girl Keeps Coming Apart. Or I didn't like the last two songs very much either, I'm Down or The Movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like The Movie. My, yeah, yeah that was kind of another throwaway songs. song. I don't know what that was about. It was weird for the last song to be like that. Um, so just real quick, just because I, I had to look it up. Yes, he is gay. Mm-hmm. Um, he lives in Nashville now with his husband and they have two kids. Um, he wrote... He wrote a ton of rock and and pop hits. Mm -hmm. He wrote a song for Kiss that was pretty big. I Was Made For Loving You, the disco song that everyone makes fun of him for. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, He he wrote I Hate Myself For Loving You by Joan Jett. He wrote a bunch of Bon Jovi's hits. A bunch of Aerosmith's hits. Um, Some stuff for Alice Cooper, Michael Bolton. He wrote Livin' La Vida Loca by Ricky Martin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's always those guys. There's, like, um, one guy you find who just, like, you never heard his name before, and he's r- written all of these, like, huge, yeah. huge This songs. reminds me, we were talking, I'm sorry to break in, but I, I want to get this story. I'll get it out as quick as possible that uh, it, this reminds me of. Um, the uh, We were talking about, at work, we were talking about Bernie Taupin and Elton John. Mm-hmm. And I said to them, yeah... Someone said their favorite song was uh, one of his early 80s ones. Um, damn. I can't remember, but it was one of his early 80s ones. And I said, I don't know if that was one of the ones he wrote by himself without Bernie, because they split up for a little while. And well, yeah, they split up. For- I thought 
thought they split up for a good while, but they only yeah. split up for two years. Really? Yeah, I was surprised because I went back and looked, and not only did they hardly split up for very long, um, and Bernie Taupin did write most of that most of that '80s stuff. I thought that only Elton John wrote, mm-hmm. co-wrote. They write together. Um, Bernie, T- he wrote like a bunch of other hits for yeah. people <laughs> that I didn't know yeah, about. I didn't know that. I don't remember them off the top of my head. Um, well, one of them was, well, I, did, he didn't write any of the hits that I remember from him, but he wrote a lot for Alice Cooper, too. Um, he wrote a lot for Alice Cooper, and there was someone else, too, that I can't remember that he wrote a good amount of songs for. And he did a couple of his own solo albums. There was, like, a lot of stuff I found out about him that I did not know. Yeah. But anyway, him and Desmond Child, who we were just talking about, are both two, two of the first rock and roll artists to get put into the songwriters hall of fame yeah so um the only elton john song i recognize from the the early 80s is i'm still standing that's the one i think he was asking about yeah which i mean i don't know when the years that they were broken up was but it it seems like that might have been written by bernie but yeah Yeah, it was um, i looked at it specifically because the guy was talking about it so what uh yeah we didn't get to agree with you what do you what do you think I'd probably give it a, like a C. Mm-hmm. Um, not one of the better albums I've heard that she recommended, but it's not awful. It definitely has some musicianship there. Mm-hmm. They're not a bad band. Obviously. I was kind of thinking you both would end up around there. Like I know this is kind of uh, I almost want to call it white bread. Um, it's kind of it is middle of the road bones rock. Music. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of middle of the road rock. Um, but I don't know. It was, it's just one of those albums that was kind of like a big part of my life, and you know I like it, you know enough. And it's you know if it's part of my music history, it's kind of one, like I want to throw it out there. And it's a lot of it's because like you're my kids, you know. Like so, yeah. You know if you ever thought about something like that, you know, like you would know that there are certain albums that were like my kind of go-to. And I am very unfamiliar with this area of music, like this sort of um like 80s metal music Mm -hmm. so yeah it is interesting to be exposed to some of it because i might not have listened to this whole album right if not for this so yeah it's weird like wikipedia called aerosmith like a pop metal group which feels like such a weird term like they it feels like it's like and to me i i never felt like they're not very metal at all like yeah (laughs) i don't know yeah i have a problem with these genres a lot of times but anyway i just feel like it's harder than most other i guess pop music because it also does feel like pop music like there are catchy hooks and stuff and like huge radio singles that came out of it so yeah you know yeah like that's what i said it was definitely poppier than their earlier stuff Mm-hmm. But even their earlier stuff was like was played a good amount on the radio, and yeah. it was like you know it wasn't not poppy. This just had a little bit more production on it, um, and definitely was more radio friendly. I think. So yeah. So all right, we got uh, both. You gave a C, right? I gave a C plus. Oh, you C plus. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Dominic this week has uh, given us to listen to. Uh, the album Ariel Ballet from Harry Nilsson from 1968. So why don't you give us a little background on that album? Yeah, um, Harry Nilsson, um, old, old, 
uh, singer-songwriter. Um, this album is from the 60s. I believe it's one of his... I, yeah, it's his second album. Um, yeah, I mean, he's pretty famous. Uh, a lot of people know a lot of his music. Uh, he's made a lot of albums, I think. Mm-hmm. Quite a few. Um, he died pretty young. He was in his 50s when he died, and it was in the 90s. Um, but yeah, it's, he's just one of my favorite, like, older, uh, singer-songwriters that I've heard. Um, I really like his voice and, like, the soft way he kind of delivers a lot of the lyrics and stuff. Um, yeah, I, I like it. Uh, it is a very short album, despite being, like, 13 songs. There's a lot of shorter songs on it. Uh, definitely one of the, like more known songs from this album is Everybody's Talking, mm. which it says is, is in the song Midnight Cowboy, is in the movie Midnight Cowboy, um, which I think is why a lot more people know that song. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, Daniel, what did you think about this album? I enjoyed this album. I thought it was good. Um, I really like, uh, I like Everybody's Talking. Mm-hmm. I like uh, Daddy's song, Good Old Desk. Uh, I said goodbye to me, uh, little cowboy. Um, I guess if I had to pick a least favorite song, it's probably Bath, the last one. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, it wasn't, I guess I was sort of like coming down from the album, so I wasn't really as into it, um, maybe as I would have been otherwise. But, um, yeah, uh, just in general very strong album i really like his voice very um i think it's very soft kind of uh you know this music i think is kind of relaxing uh yeah personally yeah and i just think it's a good album to kind of throw on it's harder it is a very simple album i guess yeah it's harder to grade this as individual songs for me because i think this works so well as an entire album and an entire experience mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean it's harder for me to grade individual songs but i'd say probably my favorite song is probably little cowboy mm-hmm. that's probably my favorite song um and it's a yeah short one. uh yeah it's it's short but uh i think it's good i think it does uh, a lot in that little amount of yeah. time um. Yeah, just uh, it's a it's a very simple album, so I don't have a lot to say about it. Um, you know, with with sort of simpler albums, it's it kind of comes down to either I I like it or I don't like it. I don't feel like there's a lot to go into, like like um. Uh, music music musicianship wise. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I just think he wanted to create a very raw sort of album. Um, yeah, I I don't know if it's raw, but um, it certainly is. Yeah, I, yeah. It's I, I I'm trying to find another word other than like simple. It feels very like um like lighthearted almost or like mm-hmm. yeah breezy kind of yeah that's a good one that's a good um, 
I feel like it has that sort of Beatles, almost mm-hmm. like Baroque or like psychedelic quality, but in like a in a, an airy way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I like about. I feel like this album does it very well. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, the cover and the the title "Aerial Ballet" almost conveys that feeling of like being up in the sky or. Mm. Uh, yeah. You know, in the air. Yeah. This also felt like a very... Um, it reminded me in certain ways of the John Lennon album that Dad recommended, because it was a yeah. very personal album. Um, and yeah, and there were a lot of songs. I don't know how much of this, like... There's some songs that sort of uh, allude to him having, like, children and stuff, mm-hmm. which might be why that reminds you of that John Lennon album. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the music is sort of similar, like it's, uh, sort of, uh, orchestrated Baroque pop music with, like, a singer songwriter thing going on. Yeah. Um, mm. so yeah. Uh, overall, I'd probably give this album a, a B plus. Really good. Pretty good. Um, yeah, I don't remember what I gave the John Lennon album. I think probably around the same matter. Um, Dad, what did you think about Aerial Ballet? I had heard about Harry Delson a lot of my life. Um, he was always kind of like in that mix of, like you said, uh, singer-songwriters, like a Jim Croce or a, um, mm-hmm. a James Taylor, even. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's he sort of reminds me of James Taylor mm-hmm. a little bit, too. Not me, really, but I, I don't know. At least well, it, the it, reason it, is uh, because... and. I, I didn't really like this. <laughs> I hate that I'm kind of shitting on both of the albums this week, but all right, here's the thing. This reminds me, and there was a couple good songs on there. Like I'm not I'm not completely shitting on it. I liked mm-hmm. Daddy's song. I liked um, Everybody's Talking. I've heard that song before. I don't know if I ever realized that was him though. Um, and the funniest thing is I like one and I didn't know that was his song because him and Three Dog Night came out with it in the same year. I'm pretty sure it's his it's song. It's his song. No, I looked it up just because yeah. I was like, wait a minute. They came out the same year with the same song. That's really weird. Yeah. I didn't know when Three Dog Night came out with it. I thought they might have came out with it a few years later. Um, but no, they both came out the same year. I don't know how that happened. I don't know why it happened. I mean, Harry Nilsson was also another guy who wrote a lot of other people's music so it's possible yeah um, maybe he gave it to them to use and he still put it on his own album yeah Yeah. um but i like that song and i like his version this definitely sounds a bit different than the three dog night one yeah um but i still like it um what this reminds me of and it's interesting you guys brought up uh the beatles and john lennon because yes a lot of it sounds like the beatles to me but it sounds like the thing i don't like about the beatles the thing I, I personally don't like about the Beatles is their is their super basic and silly stuff. Mm. And that's what this kind of reminds me of. Like, I'm not saying he's being silly all the time. So, like, the more, like, poppy yeah. stuff rather than, like, the rock. Right. Music. And again, I know this is me. Yeah. Like, this is me, but, like... It, it reminds me more of, like... Not early Beatles, but like 
middle like sergeant deal, sergeant pepper mm-hmm. rubber yeah. sole sort of stuff right um more so and i just i don't know i couldn't get into most of the album like i just it was almost annoying to me <laughs> yeah and i know that sounds terrible i feel bad i can see and understand that he's a good artist and like he's a good singer and guitar player and everything like i have no nothing bad to say about him i just like this album doesn't stick with me it like it doesn't bore me necessarily Although there probably is a little bit of that in there. It's just like... Didn't have much of an effect on you. It almost had an annoying effect on me. Mm. (laughs) And I hate to say that. I really hate to say that about almost any artist. But like... I I just think this isn't my thing. Just kind of like I said about the Kendrick Lamar album. Mm. Um, And I don't know if other of his music would be more my thing or not. Or if it's all like this. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, I really, really... And, I'm, you know, I'm not going to apologize for my taste in music because it is what it is. But, yeah, I just... I feel bad shitting on both of these albums this week. But I was not a fan of either of these albums this I'm, week. I'm more surprised that you said you don't like the Beatles' goofy stuff. Uh, like... Because, like, my favorite song from the Beatles is Octopus's Garden. No, that's a lot of ridiculous. people who hate that song, though. I don't hate or love that song. It's fine. And that's what this was. It was, like, fine. Yeah. Mm. It is more like the Ringo Starr. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess sometimes Paul McCartney Beatles, though Paul McCartney makes a lot of the rock You know what's funny? To me, his voice was almost an exact mix of all four of them, in a way. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I even heard a little bit of Lennon in there. I never understand what George Harrison's voice is like in the Beatles. I know what he sounds like, obviously, on the solo stuff. But I never understand his place vocally in the Beatles for yeah, some reason. Yeah, he, he always sounds kind of similar to Paul McCartney. That's the thing, me. yeah. I think he sounds a little too much like one of them. I'm not sure which, but that it's uh, like hard to differentiate. Yeah, Ringo Starr is, to me is like, his voice is like the most British one mm-hmm. to me. John Lennon's is always just way different. Yeah. In my head, so I yeah. can always realize when he's singing. But, yeah. But, um, I mean, yeah, like I said, there were a couple good songs. I, I listed three that I did like, but everything else was kind of like, meh. Like, I didn't hate it. Like, I know I'm saying I found it a little bit annoying, but I didn't hate it. It was just, like, there. You know, like, it was, it kind of washed over me and didn't have an effect on me either way, like you said. So, yeah, I would give it, again, probably a C. Like, I realize there's some good stuff on here, and I realize he's a good artist. Um, and I respect that, but I also, it just doesn't grab me. Mm. So, sorry, I feel like a dick this week. No, it's fine. <laughs> fine. I'm normally not like that. Like, I know I've had albums I didn't like, and I will, you know, I'll be. Yeah. I have no problem talking about it, but I don't know. For some reason this week, I just kind of felt like, man, I'm just going to shit on both of these albums, and yeah. I feel bad. I mean, we all have those kind of weeks. Right. Um, I've I've certainly had those weeks. I mean, I didn't have a banner week either. I got C's from both of you, mostly. So, you know, it's not like it was... Again, not, it wasn't my biggest week either. But, well, um, yeah. Anyway, but so... Try again next week, I guess. Yeah, we'll try again next week. Um, do you have your album, uh, Dominic? Or you want me to go first? Uh, you can go I'm first. I'm good, so yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, 
I'll give a short intro to this just because it was kind of interesting. Um, I read an article, um, I want to say it was in Loudwire, um, which is one of those like online uh, music magazines. And it, the, I, obviously the name of the article struck me because it was the 10 bands that wouldn't exist if Faith No More wasn't, didn't happen or something like that. And I was like, ooh, you know. So I took a look through a bunch of them. There was some I had never listened to before. Most of them I had heard of but had never given a listen to. The one I told I told both of these guys, the one number number ten made me sad because it was Limp Biscuit. But um, you know, sorry about that, people. Um, but a lot of the other stuff on there was pretty interesting. Um, so I went through a bunch of the bands and I listened to uh, the band I'm going to recommend this week, and I freaking love them. They are my favorite new band. Like they're still putting out music, which is cool. They started putting out music, I want to say, around 2002, uh, 2000, I think, somewhere around there. Um, so that was pretty far after Faith No More had been and kind of been and gone at that point, even though they came back. Um, but you can definitely, out of all the bands I listened to, and I didn't like, I didn't like some of them, uh, but out of all the bands I listened to, you can hear the influence in this band a lot. Um, and you can, without it, like there are times when I'm like. Wow, he sounds exactly like Mike Patton right now, but it's not like very often. Yeah, because I'm more I worry about it sounding like a ripoff almost. But they're definitely different. But you definitely hear the uh, the similarities and the influence in them. Yeah. So what I'm going to recommend this week is a band called Dog Fashion Disco. Pretty weird name, mm-hmm. um, and a pretty funny title to the album, which kind of makes me more think of them as being influenced by Faith No More. It's called Beating a Dead Horse to Death. <laughs> Again. Oh. <laughs> Was there a first one? Or no? No, it's that's just the name of the album. Beating a head, Dead Horse to Death Again. Okay. Uh, it's right. from 2008. Dog Ooh. what disco? Dog fashion disco. Okay. Okay, yeah. I've had a few albums that I was thinking of recommending this week, but I, I've narrowed it down to one of them. Mm-hmm. Um... This is an uh, uh, an album by a band. It's sort of so it's it's led by David Berman, who I don't think he was really involved with much before this. Um, I do really love his vocals in this band. He died recently, oh. but um, yeah, he founded this band, and um, it features also Pavements. Stephen Malkmus, who okay. does some of the vocals on this album. I think on their first album, too. But I haven't listened to that one all the way through, so I'm not really sure. But I do really love this album. Um, uh, it, it sort of features a sort of indie rock... Uh, mostly, mostly indie rock sound, but with a bit of country... And like alt country in there too, so uh, the album is American Water by Silver Jews. Um, so there's that. Uh, <laughs> one of my one of the best uh, like indie albums of the '90s, I think. And I think uh, David Berman is one of my favorite like indie vocalists too. And his other album uh, he put out pretty close to when he died, uh, Purple Mountains, and the 
it's it's like a self-titled album because um, the project was called Purple Mountains. Uh, that album is also very good, but it is also very sad. Um, so I wasn't going to recommend that one. But yeah, um, American Water by um, Silver Jews. All right. This week. So uh, take a listen to Dog Fashion Discos beating a dead horse to death again. And um, the band is Silver Jews. Yeah. Uh, and the album is what American, is Water. American Water. Okay. So give a listen to those albums to keep up, and we'll see you next week. See All you right. later.